At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Paranoid Styles. What you hear tonight does not necessarily reflect my views, our beliefs, our religion, nor those of WWCR. Welcome to Paranoid Styles. Yeah, conspiranormal, paranoid styles, whatever you want to call it. So, what are we going to talk about for this episode? The last one, you know, we talked about the beginning of where a lot of these popular conspiracy narratives go, which is back to the beginning of time under the definition of a conspiracy theory of history. We talked about how conspiracy theories build out uh, to be more encompassing and they build back to account for past events. And uh, we talked a lot about religion and what that has to do with a lot of these conspiracy ideas. Um, and we're trying to kind of piggyback on that a little bit to talk about conspiracies that revolve around secret or alternative or revisionist histories mm-hmm. and lost civilizations and why these are uh, related to conspiracy theory and um, how they relate. Not only... You know, are there conspiracy theories of history, that is, conspiracy theories that uh, go back in history? History itself can be seen as one big, all-encompassing conspiracy theory. Uh, But a lot of these conspiracy theories postulate that the creation of established history itself is a conspiracy. And that means that there is a, a secret history. Right. Where we can really figure things out. And we were talking about lost civilizations. We're talking about things like Atlantis, Lemuria, all these type of uh, supposedly lost civilizations that existed in the past, which I'm kind of big on in a way. Um, Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Because, you know, I'm, I think I've said it before many times on on the show, is that I'm much more of a... Uh, ancient civilization guy than I am an ancient aliens guy. Well, I'm not an ancient aliens guy at all, but much more, you know, feel like there could have been, I really think that there could have been in the distant, distant past, a lost civilization. Um, I'm much more of the mind now as I've kind of gotten older and read a lot more that something like Atlantis, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but something like Atlantis really was kind of this amalgamation of yeah different lost civilizations yeah and so what plato was probably really talking about was like the uh the fact that there were lost civilizations in the past or these like collective myths that had right, survived right but a lot of this that we're going to talk about some of this that we're going to talk about um has its roots in like 
the 19th century and some yeah. of these ideas. Absolutely. Cause at that time period, there was a flourishing of these, uh, armchair gentlemen scholars and things like archeology span were not a science. Uh, comparative mythology was huge among the well-to-do, you know, if you were some planter or slaver or Lord somewhere, um, you know, you didn't really have to work. All you had to do was sit around and theorize and go dig up relics with your friends and <laughs> and things like that. But like why uh, we want to talk about why things like the lost civilization theories are um, have to do with conspiracy theory because they, they are presented alongside these other mysteries uh, that don't aren't necessarily conspiracy theories, but collectively they can chip away at accepted history and yes. when you do that you open the way you know to explain current events with past events of an alternative history and alternative timelines that that you can present to explain your conspiracy theory right yeah makes total sense i mean when you think about something like um well i guess for instance like the illuminati or something um you would have this these ideas and these traditions well like the illuminati go back to atlantis and these type of things so right right and we this, saw that a lot this is a big part of it the stuff we talked about last time um you know these overarching conspiracy theories of history that are mostly like religious in nature really when you get down to it um because these theories are often based on alternative spiritualities uh, different worldviews or ideologies that have their own version of history. Yeah, and this is yeah, it's also a way to justify all that, justify um, an alternative worldview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're going to get into some of that. And it puts all other all other things in question once you question history itself. So, yes. So, uh, like last time, we talked about um, uh, they help explain the ultimate origins of these conspiracy theories of history, uh, like the secret Illuminati priesthood that goes back to the beginning of time. Um, the uh, these ideas relate to ideas that this continuing elite, the, these you know secret priesthoods and rulers, um, want to cover their tracks and obscure their origins. That they've always been the same people in power. So they have to control history to hide the truth. And so there are these vast conspiracies that stretch back into history. Then the control of this historical narrative has to be part of the conspiracy. And if the establishment is lying about some things, then they must be lying about everything. So if right. JFK was uh, assassinated by a cabal, then... Uh, that stretches all the way back to Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> Or Lemuria, whichever, whatever, whichever one. The Lemuria are kind of like the liberals. Yeah, Atlantis <laughs> are more of the militaristic right wing. Oh, is that how it works? Okay. Yeah. Because they're close sense. to California. Oh, okay, yeah. Lemuria. Yeah, being out in the Pacific Ocean, right? But yeah, so a lot of this stuff uh, has to do with the same big conspiracy theories that revolve around a, a communist atheist agenda. So because Marxism had such an influence on these ideas of historical development that, uh, you know, have really shaped what established um, history and archaeology and things like that are, these ideas that there's been a progressive development from less hierarchical, less capitalistic, societies that gradually evolved to what we have now um these these conspiracy theorists think that that is a false narrative and that these birthing civilizations are really where everything comes from and so the academic establishment becomes a boogeyman that is seeking to destroy our true history along with our religion and spiritual aspects uh, like they do with evolution, etc. And that's so they can maintain power and we won't know who we are. We won't know our spiritual nature. 
etc. So a lot of this is the same conspiracy theories that revolve around communism and atheism, that that's part of a larger conspiracy that stretches back in time. Let me ask you a question. So the idea is that that comes from the circle development that kind of comes from, from Marxism or just more like the influence of Marxism? Well, because modern academia has been influenced by Marxism, um, it is kind of equated. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, yeah. So there's a, there's like kind of like a, the technological kind of development. Yeah. You go from one type of, in Marxism, you go from one type of society to another type of society. I, I believe it's like, what did they call it? The pre, uh, like a slave society to the kind of more like a feudal system. And then the, the progression to like the kind of more the industrial capitalist system and then to the communist system. That's, whereas, that's what yeah. that's talking about. Okay. Whereas to a lot of these people with these alternative worldviews, there was a, um, often ideal or better, um, Eden-like ancient civilization that was more complex that actually devolved yeah. into our current state. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So it doesn't start from a simple to complex. It goes complex to more simple. Right. That's what they're saying. I got you. We'll get into it, but like why this is important to a lot of these conspiracy theories is that this kind of the gradual or the the general idea that if our true history is known, if our true nature, if our true powers and ability are known, then we can create a new civilization or we can reclaim things that we used to be able to do. And that threatens the establishment, like something like say, and you know, infinite energy source, how do they build the pyramids? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like if we had that technology that, Tesla technology that the ancient Egyptians knew, they knew it would threaten the oil cartels and the bankers. So they don't want us to know about that stuff because they right. want control. Right. It's very, there's a mirror to that in the alien, that it's from the aliens too, like the zero point energy stuff, like the Dr. Stephen Greer. So if we, are the, are the, 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 the sound technology that built the pyramids, like you were saying. Yeah. And we'll get into this later too, but, you know, a lot of chauvinism, nationalism, racism goes into this stuff because everybody wants to be the the creators of this ancient civilization that is their that is their birthright that that gives them that extra self esteem and confidence boost and and is their true makes them identity. kind of like like a chosen people kind yes, of thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. That kind of an idea. Um, other things that it does is it um, piggybacking off of that, it explains a lot for these lost causes. So these ideas that mm-hmm. the loss of power of this old group or the eventual, you know, perhaps the eventual triumph when these things are reclaimed, you know, this has a lot to do with, with that too. Yeah. So, yeah, and the lost cause, I mean, that's something I think that will probably come back up in future episodes of this. But, yeah, um, that that is something that gives them much more of a... A tradition from an ancient civilization gives them much more of a special kind of um, uh, place in the world, mm-hmm. you would say. And we could see right. how, that, like, how that influenced Nazism, and we'll get into those... The ideas of lost civilization uh, in oh yeah yeah in Nazism right right you know it the downtrodden German people at the time you know could reclaim their birthright as the ancient Aryan creators of the mother civilization. Okay, so we've got these ideas of the suppression of secret history and the idea that a secret history has been by someone in power or someone using some kind of nefarious means that that has become um, sublimated in some kind of way are not talked about anymore 
And you you mentioned this uh, about the, the ancient technology, the idea of free energy. You talked about how the uh, the pyramids were built and all these other like megaliths and all these type of things, and the idea that the megaliths uh, were could be explained by just mundane things like um, a lot of guys getting together and dragging these things. <laughs> Um, and there are, and this is based off of um, real, you know, questions that people have because we don't really know how these were, yeah, were built. Yeah, because this stuff is know, mystery still. Yeah, we don't really have any idea because all this stuff comes out of prehistory. So there's no, there's no written records of any of this. So this is based off of just the idea that, you know, that there's this blank area and you're going to fill in that area with whatever, whatever you want to put it in. Um, so the idea that it was probably some kind of energy or some kind of power source that built these type of things. And or just, humans themselves had some kind of spiritual right, power. Or some kind of spiritual power. Uh, you'll hear a lot of references to uh, the guy that built the Coral Castle, you know, in, in Florida. And say that Which like, it's this, cool and all, but yeah. it's not <laughs> right. Well, this little, I have I've never been there, but this, I've, I've seen it. It's this little it's skinny. Cool. How did this little skinny uh, Latvian guy uh, build this thing? Um, nobody knows, but they said that they heard people would say they heard music at night. So the idea that he was using some kind of sound, sound technology waves. or something. It's in the Bible. Too. So so this is. Um, this is an idea of like, you know, technology that has a been lost, obviously, if it ever existed, or b ha- also has been suppressed by someone, quote unquote. Um and in the case of these are human powers then um right. our we our actual abilities are suppressed. And this goes into like all that a lot of new age narratives that our spiritual identity is suppressed to prevent our evolution to this next step where we can do things like everyone can throw around giant, giant rocks and build a pyramid in their backyard, you know? Yeah. Then when you, we ascend. Yeah. Well, you'll be, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to make <laughs> megaliths in your backyard. I'm starting on one right now. Um, so this also goes into, the idea that uh, religious origins, um, mm-hmm. the human origins and religious origins threatens the idea of the power structure. So they're not telling you where you where you as a species comes from. They're not telling you that uh, you have these latent abilities and they want you to just go to church and worship God and put your money in the in the collection plate and all these type of things but you have within you the power to be god or to be like god and this is something similar to what we talked about with gnosticism mm-hmm. uh on the last paranoid styles episode so you know these these type of 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 ideas also exist a lot in conspiracy theory you'll you'll hear you'll see this a lot that they don't want you to know that you are um, you are special and alternative medicine. You yeah. can heal yourself. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily like, it kind of seems it feels like I'm putting some scorn on this, but like, I don't necessarily disbelieve some of this. It's just that these are, uh, the ideas that are, that are put forward. Yeah. So and we're not, just, we're just exploring how they feed yeah. into conspiracy theory when they, wouldn't, right. they wouldn't seem like it. It'd seem like this is all just like these kind of, general mysteries well let me pull this in um there is a book now this is book a a book that was more um about the ancient aliens uh to uh idea but it could just as easily be about uh the ancient civilization ideas william bramley not his real name the gods of eden yeah uh, absolutely actually a really good book but he goes through it's like pretty much like his um master master conspiracy narrative meta conspiracy narrative i guess mm-hmm. you could say yeah. where he 
basically from the he takes the works of Zachariah Sitchin and he works forward from there. And he has this idea that these aliens, quote unquote, uh, which he likens the uh, Sitchin's Anunnaki, he calls them the custodians and the uh, religions of humanity that includes Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, but whatever. They're all started by these rebels, but they eventually get co-opted by the custodians and they become the custodial religions. So these are kind of the gatekeeping religions that keep humanity basically in chains. And later on, uh, Bramley writes a lot about Freemasons and being another custodial religion. So this goes into the idea that they, quote unquote, don't want us to know what we are capable of. We do mention ancient astronauts. These two theories, these two ideas... They go together uh, very well. They're really they're really interchangeable mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, it's really just a question of degrees. Well, you know, who built the pyramids? Was it aliens or was it the Atlanteans? I mean, they both start with an A, right? Um, well, these big these these real big alternative histories create yeah. a canvas that you can then weave your own theory within. You know, it's like a big a big canvas that's just waiting for whatever your cause, whatever your conspiracy, you know, you can tie it back. You can tie it into this big overarching thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and as I mentioned before, the idea that it gives you that meta narrative, um, it gives you the idea that these forces of evil versus these forces of good, have always been here will always be here and that we are the sons of light against the forces of darkness mm-hmm. like we mentioned in the last one we talked about the uh the uh, war scroll these are the same ideas and they go back to these to these ancient times i would speculate too that there may be the kind of idea that um the gods or God or whoever, whatever destroyed these ancient civilizations that were the peak of human, human progress. And that we, there is also that idea mm-hmm. that we've been trying to get back to that ever since. Yeah. So that's another, I think that's another aspect of, of, of this as well. Yeah. And it ex- all this helps to explain current predicaments of particular groups of people, or humanity as a whole. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, secret rulers go, you know, of course, we've got the most well-known, tired conspiracy theories, uh, you know, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that the secret rulers have ruled at least Western civilization and are behind every nefarious plot of, from communism to political intrigues of ancient empires to our modern day high financers. We should add that we mentioned a Marxist thought and that influence on um, historical theory or historiography. Is there some of that kind of like latent anti-Semitism involved with that as well that say that, you know, since Marx, well, Marx wasn't Jewish, but he was, he was uh, from a family of converted Jews, but you know, is there that idea that kind of is latent in that as well? I'm sure that's part of it. If that's your boogeyman, then right. So that, I mean, that's just uh, one of the most well-known, but uh, there's a lot of other ideas of these secret histories. And we've, we've kind of been painting the brush of these big canvases. uh, But within that, there is all kinds of different alternative historical narratives well, we should add in about the New Age stuff, too. I mean, New Age belief being a newer uh, newer ideas um, that you'll see a lot of these different imagery like Lemuria, Atlantis, these type of things pop up a lot in New Age thought. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit when we get into Lemuria, how um, 
these ideas of Atlantis and Lemuria were especially integrated into theosophy. And that's probably the biggest influence um, of how these ideas eventually came into what is now the new age. Okay. And so what is like history as we know it? Really, it is based on writings, documents, chronologies, and artifacts. So if you want to challenge these official histories, you either challenge uh, these uh, accepted texts and chronologies and artifacts, or you use alternate ones. So alternate histories and conspiracy theories are often based on these pseudepigraphas um, that are the foundational building blocks of alternate histories and conspiracy theories. Um, sometimes they're presented as equal or better. Um, they can be, uh, you know, alongside these established writings say, Oh, well you also have to check this out. Um, but yeah, as um, we mentioned, I think in the last episode, like things like the book of Enoch and these, these sort of refers to the idea that something is written by an author, but not, um, actually written by that author. And these are extra books, not things that are. So what we're saying there, like what Sir Fidel is saying there is like the idea that something like the book of Enoch would be on par with the Bible for some people. Right. And then, but that can, uh, in our more modern day, something like, uh, protocols of learned elders of Zion right. would be this document, dubious document, but people who believe it would put it up there with other more established texts that explain the history of the time. Yeah. Very, very dubious stuff. Right. And, um, it, another, another way to question official history is to question the authorship of accepted books, um, and the interpretation of accepted texts. Like we're going to see with Plato and Atlantis, uh, whether people are interpreting myth as reality and uh, also artifacts that question official history and the whole idea of forbidden archaeology. Which uh, the forbidden archaeology stuff, um, Michael Cremo, referring to like the Michael Cremo, his that's, work. That's like the big book, but just, right. in, just in general, that is yeah. like... A- it's the same kind of idea, right? I mean, you know, his, his idea is that humanity is millions and millions of years old and that there's this proof that he lists in the book, which I actually have it here somewhere, um, that, you know, they found all these bones and like different strata and all this type of thing. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's again, like kind of like an alternate history. And that lends to the conspiracy theories of, um, the Smithsonian, you know, hiding the giant skeletons, right? They don't want, or, you know, they don't want us to know that um, Europeans were in the New World previously, or they don't want us to know, you know, all this different stuff because it, it interferes with with the establishment and interferes with with power or politics. And not to say that there aren't questions in a lot of the stuff, especially, you know, human origins, uh how far back things go in the established scientific world, it keeps moving back. But a lot of these theories come from times before uh, things like archaeology were really established. So you have so much information that's just kind of from these like armchair intellectuals, adventurers, explorers, a lot of whom did have some interesting insights. But like I mentioned, how these. Um, texts are presented alongside of more modern or contemporary to the time accepted texts. They're presented as equal when really in hindsight, they, they may not really qualify as that. Right. Right. And, and this is for the, in this is something again, that supports the worldview of the person that's writing it and the, con- yeah. or the conspiracy theorists or whoever that's writing them. or something like the, you know, the giant skeletons is uh, being used to confirm a, a fundamentalist biblical worldview. And the idea is that this uh, secular, if not satanic academic establishment wants to suppress the reality right. of 
of that that history. So not to say that like there aren't real mysteries and all this stuff or that you can't question uh, official histories or archaeology, but I we just want to explore how this stuff relates to conspiracy theory because a lot of conspiracy theory is based on a lot of these like larger assumptions and ideologies and historical chronologies and people don't really understand when they're engaging with this stuff that it really has all that baggage to it. That's where that's what we're we're getting to. We're not necessarily talking about um what we necessarily feel, but we're just trying to be kind of like a little bit objective. You know, me I want to mention a couple of things we talk about like the about alternative timelines and this whole idea. Uh, this is something I want to uh talk more about because I find it fascinating even though it's 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 <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous but uh, there's there's a couple of things um there's this idea of like the new chronology and uh there's the work of a uh russian um author named Fominko that talks about um the idea that and we're not talking about like the ancient world. We're not talking about like Atlantis here. We're talking more about how basically there's like 800 years or something that's actually added on to the added on to the accepted chronology, and that um, when they're actually talking about some historical figures, there's like. there's like you could combine like two or three historical figures into actually one person. That's actually who they're talking about. It's these ideas like that, that, and we'll talk about, I want to talk a lot more about this, but uh, later on, but just to mention it here that in a way it's, it's using it to kind of justify a certain worldview, Mm -hmm. especially with uh, Fominko's work, because He's much more of a contemporary guy. Like the, those books that he put out were are fairly new. I think within the last like twenty years, and uh, it's basically something that supports kind of like Russian nationalism. Yeah. Okay, and in a very kind of Eastern Orthodox Russian Orthodox type of framework. So this is something that is basically being engineered even though he might actually believe this stuff. I mean, he wrote 20 books about it or something like that, but uh, it's something that's being engineered in a way to bring credence to their particular worldview and how they view their place in the world. Mm-hmm. I did want to say also, well, yeah. And like these chronologies are, are there's more modern ones too. Like a, a famous one in conspiracy theory would be something like the gemstone file. Right, yeah, you know, which is one. this list yeah. of events right. that supposedly happened that lead up to assassination of JFK and the consequences within the the elites because of that, and that explains yeah. where we are today because here's the the alternate chronology of what really happens, and that's another canvas it's another template to be able to work multiple conspiracy theories within if you accept this. You know, it's like a it's a key to a map that you can then build on. Yeah, and I think I think like Robert Anton Wilson was playing with that a little bit with the Illuminatus trilogy. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's trying to make this whole kind of alternate, even though he wasn't serious about it. This like whole alternative history almost, yeah. and that's that's what that's what all this is. You know, and it um, it fits in with all this because it includes these ancient civilization ideas yeah. as well. And I guess we should have like, when we were talking about Marxism's influence, I should have uh, concentrated more on the, the new earth ideas and the fundamentalist ideas, because that's where a lot of that critique comes from is that uh, Marxism is inherently materialistic and trying to explain human origins via evolution and gradual development uh, over these long time frames when in fact the earth is only 5,000 years old. So this right. represents the a conspiracy. Young earth, the young earth theory. Yeah. yeah, so that represents a conspiracy, you know, like I said before, uh, if secular, if not satanic. Yeah, yeah, that's very well put. I like that. <laughs> Well, the young earth theory that, yeah, that, which oddly enough is, uh, 
a much more contemporary idea um, than uh, what is actually traditional. But that's we that we can talk about that on another show. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Took you on a journey of hip hop and sonic through the perilous valley of the chains. Now hear the sounds of the surf inspired ultimate Tiki Beats. Available on all streaming platforms and digital stores. Limited edition cassette and merchandise available on Bandcamp at newbanghiphop.bandcamp.com. Let me pull this up here, get into the kind of the nitty gritty on this, which is talking about the actual lost civilizations. Um, Which are, this is the ultimate uh, conspiracy theories of history, I think. If, if they're not, you know, like we said before, based on biblical fundamentalism, then they're often about another type of Eden, which is this lost civilization idea. Like we've been saying, like these ideas that solutions to today's problems are in this Eden of the past. And these are kind of like a, a secular creation myth, almost. Uh, they fulfill a lot of the same functions, uh, and we can learn what went wrong and who is to blame. So ultimately, what is wrong with man now? Uh, without the religion, we are still in some kind of fallen state, and it can account for you know most all of our big, the big problems of humankind of today. And we kind of mentioned this before, but the idea of the suppression of truth of lost civilization by conspiracy. Yeah. Why would they, need why to would they do this? this? Yeah. yeah. Right. And there's three points here. Uh, preserve practical and religious establishment, hide secret technology, which we mentioned before, keep this knowledge and technology for themselves. Oh yeah. So they have all this technology from Atlantis. Yes. We can't have it. Right. Right. We've got a, Pay at the pump. The Freemasons have all this technology that they've. Well, you you do see this a lot, though, right? You do see this kind of like idea that um, groups like the Freemasons and then that kind of like their precursor, which was people say would be the Templars, they you know have gone out and they found the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. and uh, all this stuff is in some like cache somewhere, some some treasure that's there, and some lost ideas and lost technology, and especially if people believe like the Ark of the Covenant is some kind of lost technological device, and these type of things are all part of. Um, this kind of like mythology as well, or even like a spiritual technology, like yeah, yeah, that's what I was like lost for. wisdom that enables us to ascend or have superpowers, even or things like that. Right. You want to talk a little bit about antiquarianism and what that means? Yeah, like we mentioned, how this like explosion of comparative mythology and antiquarianism, you know, is this armchair science of these gentlemen of the leisure class and even then as it was evolving into archaeology 
there was a conflict between these self-taught theorists and this emerging discipline. A lot of these things we're going to encounter with the lost civilizations come from times before uh, the concepts of continental drift and plate tectonics were really understood. So people actually thought that um, continents rose and fell into the sea. So that would account for why they're not there. Okay. 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 Uh, we should do a whole thing on one of these about antiquarianism. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's really something that you've looked into a lot, and I think that that feeds into, especially some of the Nephilim theories. Yeah, right. I mean, all these guys they in wrote, the last one. Yeah, they wrote books, uh, including like, you know, one of the guys we're most familiar with around here, the father of Tennessee history, yep. John Haywood. Yep. Um, Buried right down the road. Yep, and you know his second and third hand accounts of giant mummy skeletons are I still see him quoted you know all the time yeah like there's some kind of authoritative accounts right they found some giant mummies up there in that mound yeah yeah that's right they were about 10 feet yay tall and of course we know that he had an entirely you know different uh ideology and version of history that he was pushing that these alternative archaeological ideas fed into and were part of his proof of the the ancient um, Aryan planters who Mm -hmm. uh, we have mistaken for the Native American. But yeah, that um, you see that written in, doesn't Andrew Jackson, wasn't Andrew Jackson kind of influenced by him? Yeah, yeah, they're friends. Yeah, therefore you had some justification when the Cherokee and the other four tribes were removed to yeah. Oklahoma. So this is something where pushing an alternative history uh, had real tangible benefits for yeah. people. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the lost races idea. These ideas that from this lost civilization, there are lost races and these Kings uh, and learned men of wisdom from these ancient lost civilizations, you know, were basically like superheroes of which people now can claim uh, through their own chauvinism and nationalism, some uh, partial descendants from, of course. All right. So the big one, let's talk about Atlantis. Now, this is the most famous lost continent. It is, of course, it comes from the Greek philosopher Plato famously, and it comes from the Timaeus and Critias. I, I think that is a uh, that is a writing. But he actually now I think is I guess it's in Critias. But he says that I think it's his grandfather, or his great grandfather Solon, that goes to Egypt, and he's there in Egypt. He's hanging around, and he gets to talk to one of these priests in there, and he is told the story of Atlantis. And I think there is a statement that the Egyptian priest makes that Solon, through Plato, recounts that they said that Egypt was kind of like an extension or something older that of was a part of was I guess once part of this older civilization. So this is something that comes into view with some of the more modern-day lost civilization theories like Graham Hancock and Robert Baval, uh, John Anthony West, and these guys that you have the traces of this quote-unquote lost civilization that they postulate influenced Egypt and was responsible for building the pyramids. Right. These are the the ultra-diffusionists. Right. And um, we'll we'll get to the, the... reason why we call that in just a second and where this all kind of all really comes from. Um, so you have this account in Plato that uh, says that Atlantis was past the pillars of Hercules, which is by a lot of accounts said to be the rock of Gibraltar, uh, which means it is not, it is outside of the Mediterranean. So it's in the Atlantic ocean. That's why it's called Atlantis. I don't really know which comes first, whether Atlantis, the Atlantic Ocean is named for the at Atlantis, or whether it's the other way around. But I believe it's actually Atlas. 
and there is this war and it's supposedly they were the dates that he says that Plato says that this was 9,000 years before this Egyptian priest is telling Solon this story. So 9,000 years before there is this war between Atlantis and Athens. Plato which, never claimed that Atlantis was the source of all civilization. Yeah. It was right. a rival power to ancient Athens. Right, right. There's some idea in this, just as an aside, and there is a lot to be said for this, that that, that, that 9,000 uh, year, that that's actually wrong, that that's a mistranslation or it's an exaggeration, and that it was actually 900 years, and that Atlantis, and in this respect would actually be the Minoan civilization on Crete. This is actually a real thought. Um, and there's a lot to be lent to it because the Minoan civilization was pretty advanced for the time. Athens or whatever was there, it would have been more likely for the Minoan civilization and the the civilization on mainland Greece to have gone to war. And that's this is what this is a memory of. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing with the pillars of Hercules is that that's actually another misinterpretation. And it's actually somewhere on the Greek mainland that they're talking about. And so there's some credence to this because in the year around 1650 BC on the Island of Santorini, there is a volcanic eruption that destroys that Island and it also affects nearby Crete. And some have even looked at the effects of it affecting Egypt as well, and that actually being the biblical plagues in the Exodus. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> but uh, there is some credence to that. But as the story goes, it's 9,000 years. And so others have looked at it that, you know, of course you've got the work of Randall Carlson along with Graham Hancock and this idea of like 10,500 BC and the Sphinx uh, pointing to that uh, time period as well. So that would kind of fit with that initial 9,000 year date. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yes, uh, Plato does not say that that's the root of all civilization. What Plato says is there's this Island. They went to war with Athens uh, the gods were angry with them because of this, and they struck them down. And what Plato is really trying to do, it's like a morality story. It's like, you know, you went too far, you you invaded another place, and the gods have decided that your hubris is taking you down. And this is a theme that is an ancient, all over the place in ancient Greek mythology. It, it, it pops up in the Trojan, in the Iliad, and... May not Trojan be War. intended necessarily to be taken right. literally. Right. But in the Age of Discovery, obviously, there is With a the renewed... across the Atlantic. Right. There, and especially places like the Sargasso Sea, where it's not, you know, a lot of speculation that Atlantis is there and all this kind of stuff. Um Francis Bacon, we should mention him. Yeah, absolutely. The New Atlantis. Uh, this is something that might come up in these discussions later on. Uh, but Francis Bacon writes this book in the 16th century that basically uh, is talking about the New World and the idea of the New Atlantis. And that's something we can talk about at another time. It was also another way to explain... Well, you get to the New World. Columbus supposedly doesn't realize he's in a new world, so he calls the people there Indians. But once they realize that this is a whole new world, well, where do these people come from? Right. And so then that, yeah. that diffusionist idea that these people are the remnants of a lost civilization really takes hold among a lot of right. Europeans. Right. Um, and so this is the idea that, oh, well... There had to have been something to connect Europe with the New World, and that's where they somehow came from. But then we get to the 19th century, and where our kind of modern ideas of Atlantis come from is a man named Ignatius Donnelly, Ignatius Loyola Donnelly. He was a congressman from the Twin Cities area in Minnesota, 
And he wrote a book called Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. What's also interesting about couple things that are interesting also about Ignatius Donnelly is that he was into theosophy as well. He was also a populist, which means he, you know, ideas about like, you know, free silver and all these type of things. So reading here from Book of Knowledge page here, Donnelly suggested that Atlantis, whose story was told by Plato in the dialogues of Timaeus and Critias, had been destroyed during the same event remembered in the Bible as the Great Flood. He's, which that is another idea that is filtered from Donnelly to this day that actually is what is being described mm-hmm. is, is Noah's flood. Um, now, there's some interesting things about that. He cited research in the ancient Maya civilization by Charles Etienne Brasser de Borberg and Augustus Le Polongin, probably really you know, destroying those names, claiming that it had been the place of a common origin of ancient civilizations in Africa, especially ancient Egypt, Europe, and the Americas. He also thought it had been the original home of an Aryan race whose red-haired, blue-eyed descendants could be found in Ireland. It is believed that Ireland was the Garden of Phoebus Hyperborea of the Western mythologists. So there's another um, lost civilization, Hyperborea. He also was very interested in the authorship of Shakespeare, which we did a show about that not too long ago with Catherine Children. And his idea was that it was written by Francis Bacon, who we said wrote the new Atlantis. So I wonder if there's a, a connection there as well. So a lot of our ideas about Atlantis come from Ignatius Donnelly. His seminal work, which we both have in our libraries, yeah, Atlantis, I, the Antediluvian World. He, yes. Very interesting thing I want to point out is that his book, Antediluvian World, came out in 1882. His next book, Ragnarok, the Age of Fire and Gravel, in 1883, in which he proposed that a comet hit the Earth in prehistoric times and destroyed a high civilization. Now, Randall Carlson who I know is also from the Twin Cities area. That is his big thing, is the comet hitting the Earth and possibly destroying an ancient civilization. Evidence of catastrophic comet impacts can serve as a um, way to explain how supposedly advanced civilizations pretty much disappear overnight. Let's mention uh, a couple of terms. Catastrophism, you know, something happens because of a, a major catastrophe. Yeah. It doesn't happen over time. Right. A gradual geological process, it happens because a comet hit the earth or there's a great flood. Right. You would consider Randall Carlson a catastrophist because yes. Randall can take you out to places in the, in the West and show you where something happened, where there's a, a shitload of water. Including the development you know. or retardation of societies right and and i want to also point out diffusionism which is the idea correct me if i'm wrong the the idea that ideas come from one source or that they are yeah they're they're transmitted from source to source but the ultra diffusionists yeah push that they that more of them have origins in a single source, the more radical and ultra diffusionist you get. Right. So instead of it being that, so the, so the idea really now is that yes, you have a civilization in the Americas, you have a civilization in Eurasia and Africa. And there may have been some cross pollination, but a lot of things were developed simultaneously independent of each other. Right, right, right. So that's, that's the opposing viewpoint of that. And a lot of the, Extreme diffusionists think that it is political correctness and the influence of things like Marxism that is uh, pushing that line because they believe more in equality than there being some kind of mother civilization source that may lie in just a single group. Like we were talking about before, as these disciplines are getting a lot more formalized, there's people like like him and later Le Plungeon who... Um, are self-taught 
who you know start a lot of these same conflicts between those groups that we see today. Yep. And uh, Blavatsky is actually going to mention a lot of uh, Donnelly's work. And from Blavatsky, from Theosophy, I mean, Theosophy goes in so many different directions. But because Theosophy is about not a gradual development of human civilization, but a series of successive civilizations that do collapse and new ones reemerge the the root races right so all this development of these loss civilization theories help to uh, develop the cosmologies of theosophy and other alternative spiritual movements which eventually become the new age let's talk about lemuria lemurs are only found in, in madagascar and the reason for that is because uh, monkeys and other primates were way more successful than lemurs were, uh, but there were no monkeys on Madagascar to push them off, so lemurs flourished on Madagascar. So that's the real reason okay, yeah. why that 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 happened. Um, but yeah, I've always thought it weird that it was called Lemuria. So later, Augustus Le Plongeon... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Do you think so? Probably not, but... Le Plongeon. He studies Central and South America, in particular the Mayan civilization. This is before... Of course, uh, as a background, some Spanish uh, religious authorities uh, burned and destroyed the majority of Mayan records and came up with... um, their own interpretations of the Mayan symbol hieroglyphic systems uh, that were not based on reality, but were later used uh, by people like Le Plongeon to develop his theories um, that these um, Mayan ruins and artifacts show uh, traces of this lost civilization that was also related to Egypt um, from the continent of Mu, which Lemuria serves as a, a template for the development of this idea. There's actually a series of books. I have a few of them that was like the lost world of Mu. Yeah, there's, you know. there's a lot of stuff. And because of that, um, we'll see later it gets involved in a lot of American spiritual movements, uh, especially because of its proximity to California. Um, but this is incorporated into Blavatsky's cosmology because she's kind of like throwing in everything, uh, but the kitchen sink into, into, uh, this new system. And so she incorporates it in there. And like I said, this Pacific orientation influences all these new religious movements in the States and, uh, the development of California Fortiana, uh, the, uh, AMORC Rosicrucians, uh, make a, some literature and and books about it, of which I have one. Uh, Lemuria Lost Continent of the Pacific. Uh, it even goes on to influence the Shaver Mysteries, of course. That's, uh, that, that does. That does. What is it? Uh, to dream. I remember Lemuria. I remember Lemuria. Yeah. yeah. And that was the Ray Palm. That was what Ray Palmer called it. Yeah. Right. And the the Mount Shasta mythos and all this kind of stuff. There's influenced by this idea of Lemuria. Should mention uh, Churchward too. He was, was I, I guess, he came after. Well, no, he's the one that wrote the books: the Lost, the Continent of Mew, the Motherland of Mew, the Sacred Symbols of Mew, the Children of Mew, and he also speculated that it, it gets really complicated here because he speculated that that Mew and or Mew Lemuria and Atlantis. Um, existed at the same time okay, and that they went to war with each other. Yes. I think is part of it as well. And that's why there's no more Mew and no more Atlantis because they wiped each other out, which kind of reminds me a little bit of the redone version of Battlestar Galactica. So there's, uh, you know, all the conspiracy theories that have came out of the Shaver mysteries and theosophy, you know, all have ties to, this idea of the lost civilization of Lemuria. Let's move forward a little bit and let's talk, just just mention uh, Thule, uh, Hyperborea, 
Now, Thule is supposedly this uh, lost region continent in the north. Mm -hmm. And this is where the Aryan race comes from. Right. right? Pre-World War II, pre-Nazis coming to power. Yeah. Well, pre-World um, War One, even. Well, yeah, yeah. These there's the there's the Thule Society, and uh, this is what is going to be. If you read that history, that kind of hidden occult history, you'll know that the Thule Society is going to basically give birth to the Nazi Party. Right. They're going to be very instrumental in. And there's a book called the Orelinda Book that actually inspired Himmler to create the Anunerbi. And so it basically tells this kind of um, ancient Nordic Aryan mother civilization story, but it is pretty generally accepted as a hoax, but it, it, it serves that role as a pseudepigrapha for the development of this entire idea. Um, so... There's all your uh, super racist ancient lost civilization, uh, but there is more for people familiar with African-American new religious movements in the United States. Uh, they're definitely going to you know, hear about these ideas of uh, Afrocentric African mother civilization uh, in the mythologies of groups like the Nation of Islam that basically state that the Africans created civilizations and uh, Europeans were a inferior race who uh, often in conspiracy theories around this and in this narrative, you know, somehow were responsible for destroying this ancient African mother civilization and stealing the secrets mm-hmm. and science and technology and wisdom of the civilization and then claiming uh, it as their own, particularly uh, in Greece. So a lot of people who subscribe to this thing think that uh, Greece, uh, that Greece's contributions to civilizations are essentially just stolen from an African legacy. Greece being the root of Western civilization. Right. And so yeah. therefore it negates um, any kind of pretensions of white supremacy and then there's then there's the whole like you know white people being created by a bad scientist stuff too that's in there yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i mean you know yeah. however however it happens the overarching right. narrative is that there is like a, a big deception big trick that that happens that leads to the destruction of this african civilization and the uh theft of all of its knowledge and wisdom matriarchal eden well these are just these general ideas that there was um ancient civilizations or an uh, an eden-like past of humanity before patriarchy basically when everything everything was good because women ran everything and then men messed everything up as they do so then other places we've got like uh the whole inner earth thing which we briefly mentioned the shaver mysteries but um, there have been ideas for a long time about there being uh, hidden worlds and civilizations within the earth. And that figures in a lot of mythologies of different groups around the world as well. Emergence from the earth after catastrophes, things like that. So you'll find that. Yeah, they, like the Atlanteans went under earth or the Lemurians went under earth. Yeah, this um, uh, Walter Bosley talks about some of that stuff, that possibility. And then you got down the uh, still existing lost lands. Hyperborea and Shambhala. So these are like ideas that there are lost civilizations that still exist. They're just hard to get to. Kind of like the yeah. inner earth in some instances. Yeah, Shambhala especially. And that's like a Tibetan thing, right? Shambhala? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, is there anything else we want to add about this? Or This is going to lay the groundwork for a lot of other conspiracies because in all these conspiracy theories of history uh, they rely on these alternate uh, historical chronologies okay well i think the next one that we're going to do um we're just kind of going on we're going to get into the historical age like we covered what could have happened in prehistory you never know 
but the next time I want to talk about some Roman conspiracies, actual conspiracy, and uh, we'll kind of get into the Middle Ages and kind of like the roots of Christian anti-Semitism. And that uh, will um, hopefully will get propelled into like the modern world after that and some some really get into the real nitty gritty. So uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. We're hopefully going to be doing this once a month. Yeah, that's that's our goal. We uh, hope you guys like these. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's kind of like a good chronological history of conspiracy theories. And I think these first two will kind of like lay the groundwork for for the what's coming next. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Just to make an announcement, uh, Strange Realities Conference is coming up October 14th through 16th here in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets are online and available. They will be uh, part of the show notes. So if you want to grab a ticket, it is $70 for an in-person ticket, $30 for online, and just the same setup that we did last year. But we're hoping this year is going to be even better. So we really want you guys to come out. And uh, we will have the lineup. We should have the lineup posted pretty soon as well, who's actually going to be there. But uh, we've got a really good uh, really good speakers for you guys this year and a few other surprises as well that we're going to be doing. Um, Patreon, uh, we, of course, are doing the online events every month. Uh, next one will be Walter Bosley on May 20th. So you guys want to check that out. Uh, those tickets are $10 and you guys can either join the mystic crew on our Patreon, or you will, there's also a separate link that will be for Eventbrite If you want to just like come join us for just the night. So, and Surfiel can tell you where to find our Patreon can find that at patreon.com slash conspiranormal all right guys we want to thank you and we'll be back in a month on conspiranormal talk some more paranoid styles at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.